to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor here at Northwood Baptist Church in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Welcome to episode 38 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. This is uh, week two in our series in Proverbs. And Pastor, I think it's going to be a good one too. So I hope you're, uh, all, all these guys are out there sharing the links. Uh, a lot of people got extra time. So it's a good time on share on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, whatever uh, your social media is. And it just helps people to get a grasp on what the Bible is saying and apply it to their lives. Uh, today we're going to be talking about money and it's one of those things you can't do without. And, uh, you know, some people said, you know, money's uh, easy to get along without. Well, for most of us, it comes in pretty handy, especially in these times. And it seems that so much is tied to money and we're realizing more and more that money does not and never has solved our problems. It, but it is one of those areas in our life that many think God maybe doesn't even have much to say about it. Um, so when the truth is told, God really does have a lot to say, and he tells us that in the book of Proverbs. So today we want to look at four perspectives that you need for your money. What do you think about that, Pastor Tommy? I think that we are on week two of the quarantine edition of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, <laughs> yes, and I'm we ready are. for it to be over. Aren't we both? Wow. We're, we're yes. still practicing social distancing. And I don't know if you can see, uh, we're recording this actually a few days before this airs. And it, it is uh, about 830 at night. We're trying to get this done. And so I'm at my house and you're at your house. And I am. As I'm looking at you through the power of the internet via our Zoom application, you look very cozy in your house. Thanks. I don't know what that yeah. means, but I'll take I, it. Here, here's, here's a question, Trey. Can you tell what's behind my head? Oh, gosh. It looks like some kind of a crib or a mattress. Yeah, it is a baby mattress propped up on the couch. Oh, okay. Do you have a ba uh, baby mattress propped up on your couch at your house? I don't. Mine, my house is all nice and tidy, and Kelly, you know, she just takes yeah. such a fantastic job of... Mine is not right now. <laughs> I know. Because we're packing up and getting ready to move to another neighborhood, so we've got stuff I was going to say, there everywhere. is a reason. I've got boxes surrounding me. Actually, I have my laptop and my recording microphone sitting on a packing box right now. <laughs> this is terrible. This is terrible. I'm ready to be back, oh. Trey, in our recording studio where everything oh. is nice and put together and we've got our sound technician and, you know, but we're going to make do, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll get it done. So let me ask you another. Yeah, last yeah, week was great. I thought it was really good. And uh, hopefully today we'll go. Well, I, I, I do miss our studio and I, I'm I getting tired too. of social distancing. But hey, we're doing what we got to do and we're getting through it. But let me ask you a question since we're talking about money. Trey, you ready for this? Go ahead, brother. I, you know, I'm always ready. Yeah, I know you are. What would you do if someone today gave you a million dollars? What would you do with it? Hmm. I've often said that I would. Uh, give most of it away, but who knows? Yeah, you, know, you say it. these things before the, before that, you know, <laughs> but, uh, I'd spend it. There's a lot of things I want to buy. <laughs> I just, I, anyway, I hope I would, I, hope I don't I know, but who, who knows? knows? I mean, what a question, right? I mean, I, yeah. I can't imagine if, you know, I, I got a windfall of cash. What would you do with it? Right. Mm. Um, 
Yeah. So, so, I mean, this is an issue, if you think about it, that really is a big issue for all of us because we all, like you said, we all need money and we all need to know how to use money in mm-hmm. a way that, that is wise and honors the Lord. And, and especially right now, here we are in the midst of all of this craziness with COVID-19 wow. and, and the effect that it's had on our economy. And so on the day we're recording this, on the evening we're recording this, I don't know if you, you saw the news today, Trey, but what was it, like 3.5 million people? Yeah, some, yeah, it was crazy. Almost three and a half million people. Three and a half million people filed, filed unemployment. unemployment this yeah. t- this last week since this COVID virus hit, that is wild. That's unprecedented. Yeah, that's that's amazing to think that within a week, 3.5 mm. million people lost their jobs because of this COVID-19 and they're wondering what's going to happen in their future, mm. right? I mean, that's just nuts. And, and maybe you haven't lost your job, but I don't know. I know that we have people in our faith family that because of yeah. this COVID-19, they're, they're going to have some significant financial issues that work isn't going to come as easily for some of our small business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just things of that nature. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough time financially for some people. Right. And so we need to remember that God knows where we are, mm-hmm. that this didn't take him by surprise. And that even in these days where there is just a lot of volatility in the stock market, a lot of questions about our own personal finances, we need to know that God still cares and that he knows how to provide for us. And he gives us wisdom in his word as to how we are to use our money. And if you think about it, Trey, Proverbs is just full of wisdom for how we use our money. So I think this is going to be really helpful for us today. You to kind of think through what the Proverbs say about our money. And so whether you have a little money or mm-hmm. a lot of money right now, I think this is going to be helpful for you. That's right. Well, um, let's look at these four perspectives. And I think uh, we'll start with this one. Uh, number one, God is the giver of wealth for our good and his glory. Yeah, that makes sense, right? We know that, Trey, that yeah. ultimately it is God who gives us everything that we have. And mm-hmm. he chooses to give according to his will and 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 and, and according to his purposes, but, but God is the giver of all wealth. And, and what I think we need to be aware of is when the Bible speaks of money, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and especially in the book of Proverbs, it's pretty positive about money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, God's not opposed to us having money. He yeah, it is wrong. Money. It, it is actually wrong. When people say that the money is the root of all evil you know, right. because the Bible is very clear. The love of money. Yeah. 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 So, people so, misquote that constantly. Absolutely. And so, so when you read Proverbs, I mean, generally speaking, it's pretty positive mm-hmm. about money. I mean, listen to this, for example, Proverbs 10, 22 says this, the blessings of the Lord makes rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. We wow. think about this, Proverbs 18, 11, a rich man's wealth is a strong city and like a high wall in his imagination. So over and over again, you, you see these Proverbs that just remind us that money's not bad. It's positive. Listen to this one, Proverbs 15, 6, in the house of the righteous, there is much treasure, but the trouble befalls the income of the wicked. Interesting, you know, huh? And, and I think money does give us hedges. You know, think about that. It gives us um, an opportunity to be able to do things that we couldn't do otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so having having a little saved wealth is never a bad thing if right, we're able right. to do it, you know. And I obviously, we're going to uh, talk about scriptural. it. God wants us to, to use our wealth wisely. He wants us to be generous and all those things. But God also wants us to enjoy the money he's given us. No, there's course. nothing wrong with, with going on a nice vacation every now and then, right? There, there's nothing wrong with treating your family to a dinner out. There's nothing wrong with, you know, uh, buying your kids that, that Nintendo Switch game because they've done well in school. There's nothing wrong with those things, right? God wants us to, 
enjoy our money. He doesn't mm-hmm. want us to be foolish with it, but it's not sinful to enjoy the gifts that he's given us. And so when you read scripture, Trey, it's interesting that the Bible does not teach poverty theology. You know what I mean when I say poverty theology? I do, but probably most people have never heard of that. Yeah. So kind of so, give us an idea. Yeah, poverty theology is this idea that if I give it all away, if I live on next to nothing and give it all away, then I'm a super Christian. I am more mm. faithful than anybody else, right? Exactly. Poverty theology is I'm going to live on nothing and give everything away. Now, there are people throughout church history that, that God has called to do that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But just because you choose to give all your money away and live on very little, that doesn't make you necessarily more faithful or more righteous than somebody else. Right. And yet, you know, there are people that think that, well, they have nothing. So they must be very spiritual people because they have nothing. Yeah. And that's just not the case. The Bible does not teach poverty theology, nor does the Bible teach prosperity theology. You know what that Mm. is, Trey? Yeah. That's uh, if you're good, you get lots of money and you get lots of stuff and you have the nicest house and the nicest cars and, you know, those type things. So now, that's probably a more popular teaching in our culture than mm-hmm. poverty theology. You can turn on the TV late at night and watch late night TV preachers and hear a lot of prosperity theology. If you pray the right prayers, if you sow your seed into my ministry, right? That's God the one, yeah, into my ministry. You. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So you hear a lot of prosperity theology, but the reality is, the Bible doesn't teach either poverty theology or prosperity theology. What it does teach is that God is the giver of all good gifts, mm-hmm. that money is, is, is positive. The Bible doesn't speak negatively about money in and of itself. And God allows us. He wants us to enjoy the gifts he's given us. Now, just generally speaking, right, the Proverbs speak of this. Um, God does financially bless people. And this is kind of common yes, sense, but the Proverbs say this. God blesses people financially. And the people he tends to bless financially are the people that work hard. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, right? It makes sense. Yeah, well, the Bible says it. Listen to what Proverbs 10, 4 and 5 say. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. Everybody that works hard is not necessarily rich. No. But there's very few people that are rich that don't work hard. That, that's how I've kind of looked at it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's a good point, Trey. So, so generally speaking, God blesses people who work hard financially, right? Mm-hmm. And those who don't work hard, finan- uh, those who don't work hard, those who are slack or lazy, they're not blessed financially, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's, that's what that proverb says. And, and really, just put all out there, the greatest financial lesson that we will ever learn is to, to whether God gives you a lot or little, is to be content with what it gives you. Contentment. Content exactly. with what it gives you. And we'll get to that at the end, but, but that really is the greatest financial lesson we can learn. And especially in this season right now, where there's so much financial uncertainty, that whatever God chooses to give you in this moment, be content with what you have, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, number two. Uh, God wants us to give generously as evidence that we trust God with our money. Yeah. So all wealth is a gift from God, whether he chooses to give you a lot or he chooses to give you little, whatever you have is Mm -hmm. a gift from him. And he hasn't given you the gift of money one for you to hoard it. Right? No. It's sinful to stockpile money for yourself and never use it for kingdom purposes. 
And we've, we've all read the about the stories of the little old lady that had a quarter million dollars in her mattress when she died and died a pauper and never helped one person, you know? Yeah. So, and, uh, so it's sinful to hoard it all and never use it to bless people for the sake of the gospel. It's also sinful to take the money that God has given you and spend it selfishly on mm -hmm. the things that you want. Mm -hmm. Now, God wants us to enjoy the things he's given us. I really believe that, that he wants us to enjoy even the financial blessings that he's bestowed upon us. But he wants us also to give and to give generously, right? And every time, Trey, every time you and I give, it is an act of faith. It is. You know, people say, well, if you give, then God's going to give back. Well, maybe. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he does. <laughs> you know? And, sometimes and he I've doesn't. been amazed at times, yeah. but there's been other times that I've given and it's just uh, given out of the desire of my heart. And whether I ever saw the money, I don't need, I, I guess I, there's no check and balance in my life right. where I'm saying, oh, you know, I gave this much. I expect God to give me this much back. Yeah. It just yeah. never, I just think that's a poor way to, to, to give. I think it has to be with generosity. Yeah. And, and I think this is something that we all need to hear right now in this season of financial uncertainty. Mm hmm. Financial uncertainty is not an excuse for us to be disobedient to what God has called us to do. That's right. I right. Agree. And so I know for some of us, the days ahead are, are going to be challenging financially. Mm -hmm. But I would say to the best of your ability, as the spirit of God leads you and as you're sensitive to the spirit, Mm -hmm. you honor God with what he's given you. And that means even if you don't have a lot, mm -hmm. you're still called as a follower of Jesus to live generously. Living generously isn't just for rich people. It's for all of us who follow Jesus, right? I hear lots of people say things like, well, when I get rich, I will. You no, know, you we're talking, right? Yeah, exactly. If you're not giving out of the, the dime out of the dollar, you're not going to give the hundred out of the thousand. Yeah, I'm yeah. convinced of that. And so when you look at Proverbs, you, you see really... Uh, two types of giving, right? So in the Old Testament, you know this, Trey, that, that you know, God desired people to give a tithe, 10% yes. of yes. their income. And Proverbs talks about that. Listen to this. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says this, honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your first fruits. Give tithe mm -hmm. and he will take care of you. Hey, let me ask you a question. Does this sound anything like a passage of scripture we studied on Sunday morning a few weeks ago? Yes, it does. What does it sound like, Trey? Uh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> Put you on the spot. <laughs> help me, brother. Yeah. It does sound familiar. Matthew chapter six, right? Oh my heavens. Yes, of course. I, I just, yeah. No, it's all good. When Jesus says, we're doing this late at night, right? So yeah. you get, you, 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 it's okay. That's um, okay. When Jesus says, don't worry. Remember when he says, mm. don't worry in Matthew chapter six, it's right after he said to those who are listening, don't store up for yourselves treasures on this earth, right? He was calling those people who were listening to him. He was calling them to live generous lives. Mm -hmm. Give it away for the sake of the kingdom, right? Don't store up for yourselves treasure on this earth but for treasures in heaven. And, and when Jesus said that, you can imagine that everybody who was listening to him speaking were saying, what? What? Give my money away? And then Jesus said, <laughs> don't worry, right? If don't God worry. can clothe the flowers of the fields and if God can take care of the birds in the air, he can take care of you. Don't worry. Obey him. Do what he says. 
don't worry. And that's exactly what the Proverbs are saying, right? Honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your produce and your barns be full. God will take care of you. And Amen. so it really is. It really is a step of faith. Whenever you give, you're saying, I'm giving out of what I have, whether it's 10% of your income, 20% of your income, 50%, whatever you give, whatever God puts in your heart to give, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a step of faith because you're saying in that giving, I'm trusting that God trusting is God. my provider and he's going to give me exactly what I need. I've always heard people say, and I think they're absolutely right, that God has been able to do more with the those that tithe. And I'm not just saying 10% is a place to stop, but yeah. certainly those that tithe say God can do more with the 90% than they ever could do with a hundred percent. So right, right, that, right, right. That, that's a trust. That's a trust. That's saying, right. God, I trust you to be able right. to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you look at Proverbs, I mean, that that's the challenge that the Proverbs put before us. Give of your first fruits, but also listen to this. Give to the poor. Amen. And I think we leave this out completely. Yeah, but there's we so leave that Proverbs, to somebody else. Yeah, right. There's so many Proverbs that speak uh, of being generous to people who have little. So you think, for example, of Proverbs 14, 31, whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker. Mm. You oppress a poor man, you insult God. Wow. That's a big deal, right? But he who is generous to the needy honors him. Or Proverbs 19, 17. Whoever is gen- listen to this, this is really cool. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord. Well, I'd like to lend to the Lord some, you know? Right? Think about that. And he, speaking of God, will repay him for his deed. Wow. Mm. Right? Thank it God. reminds you of what Jesus said in the Gospels, right? That what you do to the least of these, you've done unto me. Done to me. Exactly what he said. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so Trey, I mean, for me, when, when you think about giving one, I want to be faithful to give to my local church because I believe that, that, you know, God has placed his church on this earth to accomplish his mission. So I want to invest my time, my talents and my treasures into my local church. Right. Mm -hmm. But I also want to set aside money each month just to bless people Mm -hmm. as opportunity arises. I want to be able to, to bless people. Right. That's so important. And, and God honors that kind of giving. When you open up your hands and say, God, it belongs to you. You've given it to me and I trust that you're going to provide my needs. So nothing belongs to me anyway. So my hands are wide open to you. You lead me to give as you desire me to give. That's, and, 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 and again, in this time of financial uncertainty, I don't want this to be our excuse for not being obedient to what God has called us to do. You know, I've, uh, for many years now, I've had what's called a blessing pocket where I just always carry a little bit extra money. Um, and if somebody does come in with a, with a situation that I, I just feel like the Lord's allowing me to do uh, something for them, I want to be able to do it. I don't yeah. want to say to them, I don't have any money. That's right. That's and right. Uh, I want to be able to give, you know, yeah, so be intentional, so set aside, plan for it, budget for it, budget for your giving. And, and if you think about it, Trey, this is honestly from my perspective, is simple obedience. Mm-hmm. Well, right? I think you're right. Yeah. Because for most of us, absolutely. for most of us, right. all this is to give generously to the poor or to give generously uh, to our church. It's really just a budgeting issue. Mm-hmm. Right. We just need to change our budget around so we can do it. It's simple obedience. Mm-hmm. Just make it happen. Prioritizing. Yeah, that's all it is. Right that's all it is. Because you trust that God is your provider and you want to honor him with what he's given you. Amen. All righty. Well, we've talked about two things. First one, of course, being that um, as uh, the people of God, when we look at money, um, whereas God is the giver of wealth for our good and his glory. And like I said, that's relatively simple to to work through. And then God wants us to give generously. 
that we uh, evidence that we trust him. But then third, uh, let's look at this. Wealth is good, but it is limited. Yeah. So in our minds, we think that, man, if I just get enough money, I'll be happy because if I get enough money, I can get the things I want. I can get out of my debt. Life can be good. Money can buy happiness, right? But you and I know, Trey, that's not true. Wealth is a poor source of satisfaction because what mm. scripture teaches us over and over again is it's not lasting, right? Think about what Proverbs 23, 4 and 5 says. Do not, and I love this proverb. This is so cool. Do not toil to acquire wealth. Now, we've already said that God blesses hard work financially a lot of times, right? Mm -hmm, that when we mm -hmm. work hard, God often financially blesses us because of that. But we don't work just to gain finances, right? Mm -hmm, right. We work unto the glory of God. So, so do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. When your eyes light on it, it is gone. For suddenly, speaking of wealth, it sprouts wings, flying like an eagle towards heaven. Have you seen your money sprout wings, Trey? Yeah, the yeah. stock market, the stock market these past and few weeks is, have been it horrendous. It is flying all over the place, isn't it? But that's that's reality. Money oh, sprouts boy. wings. It just doesn't mm. seem to stay in your pocket, right? And so, I so agree. just understand, it's a poor source of satisfaction because it is fleeting. It is. But think about this. On the flip side, wealth is a poor source of satisfaction, but it is a rich source of temptation. Mm. They always say that's one of the three biggies for pastors. Yeah. The temptation of money. Yeah. And so you think about it. I mean, uh, we said that money is not the root of all evil, but the love of money is the root that's of, the all, difference. of all evil. And yeah, so it's yeah, very easy for money to become an idol in our lives, that, that it is what we prioritize. It's what we give our attention to. That is just what we want, right? And so think about this. Um, you've got the idea that, that you can struggle with the temptation to trust your money more than you trust God, right? Mm -hmm. Think about what Proverbs eleven twenty eight says. Whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Or Proverbs 28, 11, a rich man is wise in his own eyes, but poor man who has understanding will find him out. Mm. Yeah, a rich man, wise in his own eyes. He puts his trust in his money, right? Whoever puts his trust in riches will fall. There's Man. a temptation to trust more in your money than you trust in God. And we've all struggled with that, I'm sure. Or, or think about this. There is the temptation to acquire wealth unjustly. Listen to Proverbs 13, 11. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. You've ever heard of some get-rich-quick schemes? I've heard of those. I've heard of these athletes that get rich extremely fast. Yeah. And they lose it just as fast. You Absolutely. Know? Look at Mike, uh, Mike Tyson, for instance, you know, he'll yeah. tell you he had it all and he lost it all just almost as quickly, if not quicker. Yeah. They, wealth gained hastily will dwindle. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Happens yeah. often. So there's the temptation to acquire wealth unjustly, whether it's through a get rich quick scream or, or other unjust ways. And man, you go that route. It's going to dwindle. Right. Or think about this there, for Maybe all of us, there's the temptation to live beyond our means, to take mm. out more debt than we can handle, to try to keep up with the neighbors across the street. And Proverbs 28, 6 says this. No, excuse me, wrong one. Proverbs 13, 7 says this. One pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. And that's those people. Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But the, yeah, I would say that's probably the unusual one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you think I, about it. I've seen them both though. 
these proverbs, I mean, really, if you think about it, it's just common sense, right? These aren't mm-hmm. things that, that well, I guess they are because the Bible tells us, but they're, they're things that we shouldn't have to think a lot about. They're common sense, but God just reaffirms in his word. Just think about this. Think about this, right? Think about this. We can give into the temptation to not leave anything for future generations. It's you know, a the, blessing to your children and grandchildren amen. to leave an inheritance, is it not? Yeah. And, you know, I see on the back of cars and I say, you know, that's not biblical. And they think it's funny. You know, I'm, 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 I'm spending my child's inheritance. You know, you've <laughs> seen that on their bumper stickers. And I just said, I don't think that's funny, you know, especially since I'm a child of yeah. someone. <laughs> so you think about Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, uh-huh. to his children's children, grandchildren, right? Not yes. just to his kids, but to his grandkids. But the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Somebody's going to get you money when you die, mm-hmm. right? Leave an inheritance for your kids and for your kids' kids, right? Or think about this. Um, all of these temptations are a result to make money our God. You can't serve two gods, can you, Trey? Mm-mm. But you there is the temptation the of other. the course of our lives to trust our money more than God. There's a temptation to follow money instead of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, number four, and we'll close out with this one. Since wealth is limited, depend on God and not money. There's only one prayer uttered in the book of Proverbs. Did you know that, Trey? Mm-mm. I, know, I don't know that I knew yeah. that, no. One prayer uttered in the book of Proverbs, and it's by a man named Agur. Wouldn't you like to have that name, Agur? That's an interesting name. I don't know yeah. that I would want it, but... Yeah, who knows what that name means either. But that's a strange name, isn't it? But listen, this is the prayer he offers up to God. This is really crazy. Proverbs 30, 7 through 9. Two things I ask of you. Deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Listen to this. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Mm. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say who is the lord or lest i be poor and steal and profane the name of my god give me neither poverty nor riches somewhere in the middle somewhere in the middle right somewhere in the middle but i think at the heart of what these verses are saying is just this idea of god help me be content Mm. help me be content with whatever i've been given in life help me be content right and if you think about it if you know Jesus Christ, you can be content because in Jesus, you have found the bread of life. You have Amen. found the one who sustains. You have found the one who gives. You have found the one who knows your need and provides for you. And listen, we know that these are difficult financial times for a lot of people. But I think that these proverbs that we're looking at give us much wisdom in the way that we should uh, think about the financial blessings that God has given us. And in all these things, you simply learn to be content with what God has given you and trust that he knows exactly how to provide for you. And if you are in a tough financial time right now, you're going to get through. Put your eyes on God, work hard, trust him, and see him provide. He says it, right? Mm. Don't worry. Don't worry. Trust me. If I can take care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, I will take care of you. Trust me. You know, I think the idea of, what we do is we take care of God's business. And when we take care of God's business, he takes care of ours. Mm. And this idea of just trusting him and yeah. uh, how many sleepless nights have people had because of finances and resources. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So um, Pastor Tommy, this has been great. And I do want to encourage our people to make sure they are reading their proverb a day. 
Mm. Uh, this is always going to uh, impact what we're talking about here over these next uh, few few times as we work together through the book of Proverbs. Yeah. So, uh, Pastor Tommy, why don't you close us and just give us a one last word of encouragement about uh, our finances and how we handle it and trusting the Lord. Yeah. Our goal today was just to get, give you an overview of what the Proverbs say about money. And this was an overview. We're, we're not financial experts. We're not telling you how to handle your money. We just wanted to give you an overview of what the Proverbs say about money to give you God's perspective on, on wealth from his word. I would encourage you, if you need help with your finances, to, to seek out people who are wise in this area and mm-hmm. can help you. I don't know if you know this, Trey, but right now, Dave Ramsey is offering a special on his website where you can sign up for 14 days for free. Yeah. I of his that. Financial Peace University. I mean, I think Dave Ramsey is one of those money experts. It's been very helpful for me and, and my wife as we've learned how to handle money together. That could be a great resource for you to kind of think through how you can handle what God has given you. Our goal today was just to give you a biblical perspective. Now, turn to experts like Dave Ramsey to help you to think through how you actually manage your wealth. And right now, you can get that resource for free, and we would strongly recommend that. But we hope that this has been helpful for you. And we hope that that as you think about money from God's perspective, you will learn how to be content in Him. And so if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, go ahead and, and subscribe to this podcast. So you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Uh, share this with a friend. Uh, leave us a review. Those reviews are really helpful for us. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.